Welcome to Let's Listen, a podcast that lets you experience the greatest video game stories of all time. My name is Sam Hillestad, and this is episode 10 and the season 1 finale. Previously on Let's Listen, Lee and Kenny went looking for Clem, who'd been kidnapped. They thought that Vernon and his group might have taken her, but they found the morgue where they'd been hiding completely abandoned. They did find some crude surgical supplies, though, so to try to stop Lee from turning, they cut off his arm where he'd been bitten. We don't know if it worked or not, but at least he didn't bleed out. Back at the manor, they learned that Vernon and his people jumped Krista and Omid and they stole the boat. They barely escaped a horde of zombies by climbing into the attic where Lee started to show signs of not feeling so well. But then Clem came on the walkie-talkie just for a second and said she's at the Marsh House, a hotel where her parents used to go. They break out of the attic and travel by rooftop toward the hotel. They were almost there when they lost the walkie-talkie. It was their lifeline to Clem. They needed to get it back, but the only way to do it was for Kenny to sacrifice himself. Now, the group is just Lee, Krista, and Omid. Lee has only one arm left. He may or may not be turning, and Clem is still in the clutches of this mysterious stranger. Their only goal now is to save her by any means necessary. This is episode 10 of Let's Listen, the season finale. With Kenny's sacrifice still fresh in their minds, the three of them walk across the rooftops silently. It's darker now. The sun is just set. And they reach a new rooftop where they have a perfect view of the Marsh House. The Marsh House Hotel is around the corner of the block. Are you okay? Do you want to talk? Lee looks deeply depressed and utterly defeated. Kenny was my friend. Soon as someone dies, they don't immediately have to have their sins forgiven. And it gets an hour moratorium at least. I understand. This is a shitty time, but I want to make sure we're clear before we go forward. Lee isn't sure what she's talking about. What is it? Clementine, I know Kenny was your guy. Yeah? when it comes to Clementine. But then it dawns on Lee. Well? Now that Kenny is gone, what should happen to Clementine should the worst come to pass? You guys would be great for her. Keep her safe. We'd do our best. You know that. Krista and Omid look at each other, and it's clear they're ready for the responsibility. Good. Thanks. Whatever your best is, I'll trust it. That's all you can do. But there's a more pressing matter at hand. There's another gap that they have to cross. Well, at least it doesn't look like a death trap. Except that it does. The only way across is this rusty old sign over a sea of walkers. Who's going first? You're the lightest. He's got a busted leg and you're walking for two. I'm obviously not doing so hot. Decision doesn't make itself. 
Lee looks resolute. I'll go first, in case anything happens out there. You sure? Yeah. The sign reads, Macabre Imports, and it stretches all the way across the street. It looks extremely unsafe, but it appears to be the only way, and the Marsh House is so close that Lee will do anything to get there. So he lowers himself down onto the sign and starts shimmying across. Just go nice and slow. It's slow going, but Lee is making progress, even though he's moving very cautiously. Almost there. It's an easy crossing. Good. He's just using his one arm and shimmying one step at a time, holding on with that one arm at all times. But he is making progress, and he's almost there. Until... The sign collapses, and the only part left is hanging on by a thread. Are you okay? Fine. I'm kind of fucked here. What are you going to do? Lee clings to that last little bit of sign, but now he's stuck. Fuck it. I'm going for it. Going for it? What does that mean? It means I'm already bitten. I just have to push my way through. What the fuck? But maybe you got to it fast enough. Maybe you'll be fine. I can't risk losing more time on a long shot. There's nowhere left to go but down. There's a gutter, and Lee's plan is to shimmy down it. Let's meet outside of town, by the train. Are you nuts? It's the only way. Do you hear me? Yeah, by the train. Jesus, we'll be there. Krista and Omid leave, and Lee starts climbing that last section of sign. Until he can grab the gutter. Lee starts climbing down, and the screen goes black. And when we see him next, he's on street level, right in the middle of that sea of walkers. Lee has no ammunition, no gun, but he does have that butcher knife back from the manor. The only thing left between him and Clementine is just a couple of walkers. So Lee takes the knife out and he gets to work. Swinging indiscriminately, taking out anything that dares get close to him. He's cutting off heads, slicing into skulls. He's come too far to let a fucking walker stop him. And before he knows it, he's standing at the front door to the Marsh House. We see a trail of bodies left in Lee's wake. And then the screen goes black. When we see him next, he's in the hotel 
tantalizingly close to Clem now. It's too dark to make out much of anything, but we can see he's in a hallway, lined with doors. And we can see Lee's clothes. He is covered in muck and grime and blood from the countless walkers he just slaughtered. At the end of the hallway, there's one door, slightly ajar, a ray of moonlight coming from it, and Lee gets a feeling. He just knows that she's in there. So he approaches and puts his ear to the door. It's quiet inside, so very slowly he opens the door. Inside, we see that it's a typical hotel room. There's a bed, two chairs, a dresser with a glass bottle on it. But there's one thing that's off. There's another door, and it's being held shut by a rope tied to the closet door. Lee approaches to inspect, but then the door opens behind him. I got us adjoining rooms. Lee turns around slowly and sees a stranger pointing a gun at him. Where is she? I already told you, she's fine. You look horrible. And you're missing an arm. The stranger points at the dresser. Go over there. Pointing the gun at Lee the whole time, he moves toward the dresser. Put your things down. Let me out! Who's out there? It came from that door being held shut. But before Lee can say anything, the stranger points the gun right at his head. Quiet, please, sweetie. And then he gestures at the dresser again. Your things. There. Lee has the walkie-talkie and that butcher knife. He decides to just put the walkie-talkie on the dresser and hide the knife. This is all I've got, okay? You travel light. I don't believe you. And Lee can decide to come clean or keep the knife. That's everything. Go ahead and search me. No, I'm not touching you. Just sit down. They sit on the two chairs facing each other. And we can see the stranger's face, which is extremely gaunt. Do you know who I am? It's pale, full of deep creases and shadows. No. I don't know anything about you. And in his eyes... You wouldn't. We see a monster. People like you don't. Now you're thinking, who would have it out for me, huh? A few weeks back, there might have been a station wagon in the forest, full of all sorts of food, water, things you need to survive. Yeah, I'm not some cannibal, Lee. Some killer out in the woods. Some villain. I'm just a dad. The whole time that they're sitting, I coach Little League. The man is pointing his gun at Lee. I didn't take from you. Your people didn't? I didn't agree with it. That's what Clementine said. Why didn't you? And for the first time, we see a bowling bag at the stranger's feet. It wasn't right. It wasn't our stuff. That's real good of you. Look. 
What do you want me to say? I don't want you to say anything. I want you to know what happened. Have you ever hurt somebody you care about? Lee keeps looking back and forth between the bowling bag and the gun. Not on purpose. If it were on purpose, you'd be a sociopath. I hurt her. So bad. My son Adam went missing. I took him out hunting even though my wife said he was too young. I figured he had to learn. I came back without him and the look on her face said, You are a monster. We all went out looking for him. We never found him. I hurt her so bad. And then we came back and all our stuff was gone. Your people, Lee. That asshole in the ball cap. His stupid fucking wife. I could have earned her trust back if they hadn't made our situation so desperate. The stranger stares at Lee, not breaking eye contact, not even blinking, waiting for him to say something. I'm sorry. The hungrier we got, the more she blamed me. Until she finally took our daughter Elizabeth and left. They didn't get far. I found them a day later in the road. Do I look like a monster to you? And again, he stares at Lee, not blinking. And his lips are twitching. We all do. Some more than others. I'm not like you. You killed a man with a pitchfork right in front of a little girl. He's right. That happened back at the dairy. It's more complicated than that. You abandoned a defenseless, grieving woman. That's true, too. He left Lily to die. You weren't there. You brought her to the most dangerous place in this city where she could have died. And, yes, he took Clem to Crawford. That's not the whole story. The whole story? He leans forward, pointing the gun right in Lee's face. How could you know all this? And then... He places another walkie-talkie on the table between them. He had been talking to Clem the whole time. You're a monster. You're a murderer. And a thief. And I'm gonna hurt you so bad. And then we can see Lee's anger bubbling to the surface. Anger, the fact that he wasn't the one who stole from him. I didn't steal from you! But think of everything else you did! After I found Clementine on my radio, I wasn't even mad at you. I was coming for the others. For revenge. But the more I heard about the things you did... And the danger she was in. Our plan changed. Our plan. Lee, listen to me. Our. I need you to hear this before what happens next. I can take care of her. We can have a family. We can have a family. I bet you don't even know how old she is. She's eight. Wrong. She's nine. But... 
Her birthday was six days ago. I know how to be a dad, you know. She wouldn't be exposed to what she has been with you. And again, we can see anger boiling inside of Lee. That's not happening. You're crazy. Keeping her with you is crazy. But in Lee, all we see is that anger. In the stranger's eyes, though, we see lunacy. You'll have to kill me. Yeah, I know. And then the stranger looks down at his bowling bag. Hey, honey, I think this is all gonna work out. What are you... And then... I'm glad to. The rope that was holding the door closed comes loose and falls. I wish it wouldn't have had to get this bad, but... We see Clem. It's all over, hon. Sneak out. Isn't it? Just about. I hate seeing you like this. Clem picks up the bottle. I just miss your smile. From the dresser. I miss you so much, Tess. You're gonna like Clementine a lot, though. She's not Lizzie, but she's sweet. She wouldn't hurt a fly. She hits him right in the head. And then Lee takes the knife out. But he misses, and now they're on the ground struggling over the gun. The stranger trying to point it at him. Lee manages to kick it away, but the stranger goes after it. But before he can, Lee tackles him. Lee has him pinned against the wall. He headbutts him. And then he grabs his throat with his one arm and starts strangling him. But the man just won't die. Lee runs out of strength, and the man overpowers him. He throws Lee to the ground. Now he's strangling Lee. Bitch! Just go away! Die! The stranger falls to the ground, and we see Clem holding the gun. Lee rushes over to Clem, kneels down, and hugs her, and she drops the gun. I... 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 It's okay. It's okay. I... And then she sees his arm. Your arm's gone. Why? That's so scary. I had an accident. We'll talk about it somewhere safe. You don't smell good. Yeah, I know. He's still covered in muck and blood from his previous rampage. Did he hurt you? No. Not really. I'm sorry, Lee. Clem, it's okay. We need to get you somewhere safe. And then we have to talk. Okay? Yeah. Everything's okay now. We need to figure out how to get out of Savannah as fast as we can. Lee picks up the stranger's gun and then looks at him, lying there, a bullet in his head. We never learned the man's name, but we learned enough to know that he was gone. Long gone. Hey. Lee looks back at Clem. You pulled the trigger. I... I know... I wish... I wish you'd never had to learn that. Me too. And then Lee looks at the bowling bag. He knows he shouldn't, but he has to look. He has to know. He peers over the edge, and he sees it. 
a rotting, once human head. And then it moves. Jesus. Don't look in there. No, I know. They've spent too much time here, though. They need to get a move on. So Lee goes to open the door. And he finds himself face to face with a walker. But it doesn't seem to care about Lee. It doesn't even really notice he's there. It sees Clem and starts going for her. But Lee takes care of it. It... it didn't bite you. Yeah, I know it. Must have. You're covered in all that gross stuff. Had to get through a bunch of them to get here. And Lee gets an idea. That's how we'll get out of Savannah. Lee goes to get the butcher knife. He kneels down next to the walker, and Clem realizes what he's going to do. Oh no. He slices its stomach open, and then with his bare hands, he starts scooping out its intestines. Clementine looks on with horror. Lee looks at her, and she understands that he has to do this. It's the only way out of Savannah. So Lee starts smearing the intestines over Clem. He uses the guts to coat the front side of Clem's dress, and then he has her turn around. Are you done? A little more. I want to be sure. He has to fix a few spots that he missed. There. That should do it. She's shivering and covered in zombie guts. I hope so. But then Lee... And you're missing something. ...takes out her baseball cap. I thought it was gone. And she lights up. I thought you were gone. Thank you. And then Lee looks her straight in the eyes, very serious. Stay right next to me. Walk very slowly. Don't look around. And don't panic. Mm-hmm. I'll keep you safe. They don't know for sure, but this plan, this crazy plan to try to pretend like they're one of them, it's all they have. So they leave the hotel. Back onto the streets of Savannah which are crawling with walkers. There are hundreds of them, more than we've ever seen before, and in every direction. Lee and Clem walk slowly, weaving in between these things, these monsters. Every now and then one of them will stop to smell Clem, but they move on. It's working, it's actually working. But it's a harrowing experience. The things are putrid. They smell like death, rotting flesh hanging from their bones. One of them is missing a jaw. Another one is just crawling on the ground with no legs. And Lee and Clem have to just pretend like this is all normal. But with Lee by her side, Clem holds it together. 
with Clem by his side. Lee does, too. But then Clem sees something. It's her parents. Lee leans down to tell her something. But he collapses and the screen goes black. When we see them next, they're inside somewhere. No walkers around. Lee is on the ground. Lee, wake up! Clem desperately shaking him. Please don't be dead. Please, no! His eyes open, just barely. Lee, I, I was so scared. I thought you left me. I... I... I saw my parents. Lee's eyes look deeply wrong. I know. They're yellow. They didn't get to you, right? No. We got away. They're dead, for sure. And his face is... Well, starting to look like one of them. Clementine, we have to get out of here as fast as we can. We can't. There's thousands of them outside. We have to. I'll protect you. We'll push no, through. No, no, that's crazy. I saved you. We're safe here. I locked us in. Get that door open. I can't. Do it! Lee struggles to sit up, but manages just barely, and he sees a metal gate. It was only a little open when I found it. I closed it to keep us safe. It's the kind you'd see in front of a closed-down shop. Pull on three. One. Two. Three! It hardly moves at all. And Lee nearly falls down at the effort. See? Clementine, honey. He looks her straight in the eyes. My arm is gone because I cut it off. Why would you do that? Because I was bitten, Clem. Please, no, no, that's not true. Yes, it is. There's no time to be upset. Okay, I'll try not to be. And now we get a better look at where they are. It looks like the inside of a jewelry store. The display cases are all busted up, glass everywhere, and a security guard in the back. I think there might be a way out over there. The security guard has clearly turned, but he's not moving. Good, good girl. Let's go. I might be a little slow. I'll help you. Lee has to use his one good arm to stay standing. But the only thing to keep him up is the top of the display cases, which are covered in glass. I got you. You can lean on me if you have to. I'm okay. I'm okay. I thought I was helping by bringing you in here. It's only been a few steps, but Lee needs to stop and rest. You couldn't have known. I should have told you. It was scary at the hotel. Yeah. Keep going. We're almost there. Lee's regained some strength, so he tries walking again. But after just a few steps... He falls again. Get up, Lee! 
the door is right here. The exit is just a few feet away, so Lee tries to sit up. But he just, he can't. <sighs> I can't. You have to. Them, I can't move. This is it for me here. Please, please, try to get up. So Lee tries again, gives it every last ounce of strength that he has, but it's still not enough. I can't. You don't have much time. You've got to do something. Fast. Like what? Lee thinks of that woman in the motel. He thinks of Doc. He thinks of every one of these things he's seen. You're going to have to make sure I don't turn. You won't, though. Clem, I will. You know what you have to do. No, I can't. There's no way. But the exit is right there. There has to be a way. We'll figure it all out. Don't worry. Lee sees a chair, a large pedestal with a vase on top, and a bit further away, a baseball bat. There's a baseball bat under the counter, Clem. You can use that. Clem runs over to fetch the bat. She isn't quite sure what to do with it, but then sees that there's a window on the exit door. Use the bat to shatter that window so you can reach in, okay? Okay. Watch out for broken bats. Clem raises the bat over her head, and then... Good job. That security guard that's turned starts thrashing to get at Clem, but it's stuck in its chair somehow. Don't be afraid of him, honey. You're smart. Yes, it. You're smarter than all of us. She is short, though. Too short to reach through the window. But there is that chair nearby. Grab the chair, Clem. Use it to reach in to the lock. Clem rolls the chair over. She climbs on top of it and reaches through the broken window. Open it. She unlocks the door and gets a better look at the walker. He's, he's trapped. This will be easy then. He's got keys. Probably to that door. And everything you'll need. He's talking about the gun. There's also a pair of handcuffs on the ground in the middle of some broken glass. There are handcuffs on the ground. She really doesn't like the sound of that. Okay, Lee. She isn't sure why Lee wants them, but she goes to pick them up. Lee has just enough energy to turn his head and see that he's sitting next to a radiator. Put the handcuffs on me. Attach me to this. What? Why? No matter what happens, I'm safe then. I don't know. Just do it, sweetie. Make sure they're tight. I don't... I don't want to do this. You have to. It'll keep you safe. You only have to deal with him. She handcuffed Lee to the radiator and now looks back at the security guard. He's trapped over there. Be careful. Get what you need from him. The keys. And then the gun. Keys and the gun. Just don't be afraid. If anything gets dangerous, you're faster than he is. What should I get first? Lee doesn't even need to think about it. He knows what needs to come first. Get the gun, Clem. Always the gun. The security guard is still trapped, trying desperately to get at Clem. 
But if she's careful, she can duck just under his arms. But he gets loose and grabs Clem by the ankle. She struggles to get away. Run, Clem. Get him. And all Lee can do is watch. Watch out. The pedestal with the base on it starts to wobble, and Clem jumps out of the way just in time. But the base hits Lee right on the head, and the world goes blurry. But he sees the bat just barely, and he kicks it. Poor Clem. She picks it up, raises it over her head, and smashes its face in. She has blood splattered all over her face and her hat. Great, Clem. Good job. But the thing is definitely dead now. She picks up the gun and turns around to face Lee, who can hardly keep his eyes open now. But he just manages and looks at Clem with those dark yellow eyes. You're strong, Clem. You... you can do anything. But I'm little. Doesn't mean nothing. You're gonna see bad stuff, but... it's okay. My parents... it's so horrible. I, I can't imagine, sweet pea. And now... you... please... Please don't be one of them. Please don't become a walker. There's only one thing you can do. You know that. I don't know if I can. And now, Lee has one final decision to make. He can tell her to shoot him, or he can tell her to leave. You have to shoot me, honey. Lee, no. It's okay. It's okay, Clem. I was standing over Duck holding that gun. It was so hard. I'm sorry you're in that position now. I'd give anything for you not to be. But you just have to point it at me. Close your eyes and be thankful you never have to see me as one of them. You can do it. I know you can. Okay, Lee. I can do it. I... I can! And then Lee remembers about Omid and Krista. Find Omid and Krista. They're outside of town. By the train. You remember how to get back there? Yes. Good. They'll take good care of you. Tears start streaming down her face. some final advice for her. Keep that hair short. I will. I'll cut it myself. Great. Good. And also... He tries to speak, but his eyes close and he slumps over. What? What is it? takes everything he has just to open his eyes and look at her, but he manages. You'll be okay. 
He tells her she's going to be okay. And then Clem stands up, takes a step back, and raises the gun. (laughs) Lee gives her a reassuring nod, and he smiles. credits on the game start to roll, I have some announcements and my own personal credits to run through. First, there is a post-credit scene, so stick around for that. Second, you should know that even though Lee is gone, the story of Clementine does continue. The post-credit scene that you'll hear has a sort of cliffhanger ending, and there are actually three more seasons of The Walking Dead game, which I highly recommend you to play. But season two of the podcast is going to be a different game entirely. I'm currently taking nominations, so if you have an idea, let me know on social media. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can email me at the Let's Listen Podcast at gmail.com. In terms of my own credits, first and foremost, I want to thank all of you. In case you couldn't tell, I put my heart and soul into this project, and it means the world to me that you came on this journey with me. I am incredibly moved that so many people would find meaning in this podcast. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you. I also want to thank my partner, Nicole. She believed in me from the beginning. This was always an experiment and one that I couldn't quite articulate. I didn't know what I wanted to accomplish, but I had this crazy idea and Nicole told me to go for it and she's supported me 100% since then. I also want to thank a few other podcasts that inspired me. No One Can Know About This is a podcast where these two guys try to play every Final Fantasy, and it's hilarious and fantastic. They proved that this whole concept of an audio-only Let's Play was possible. So thank you to Jeff and Ryan. Daniel K. from Daniel K.'s Let's Play podcast was another inspiration for the podcast. He does some crazy games like Euro Truck Simulator 2 and Pokemon Red and somehow gets them to work in a podcast format. And then Manny and Brandon from Enchantment, which is a Let's Play podcast where they play the Dragon Age games. I highly recommend all of those podcasts. Finally, I want to thank Telltale Games and the incredible team of voice actors and musicians and sound designers there. They created a masterpiece, and I truly stood on the shoulders of giants for this podcast. And once again, my name is Sam. Thank you for listening. And without further ado, here is that post credit scene. We see Clem, 
walking alone in the golden rolling hills just outside Savannah. The sun just barely peeking over the horizon. She's staring at her feet as she walks, shivering a little. She looks scared, lonely, and lost. She comes across a log and she sits down, holding the gun that she used on Lee, and she sees some shotgun shells on the ground. She bends over, picks one up, and inspects it. And then she sees something. In the distance, on a hill, there are these two figures, a little more than silhouettes. It could be Omid and Krista. It could be bandits. It could even be walkers. And now, Clem looks even more scared than before. She realizes that she truly is alone. And she doesn't know what to do. Does she get their attention? Go after them? Or run away? She starts panicking. She looks paralyzed with fear. And then... And then one last time, the screen goes black. This has been Let's Listen, Season 1. See you soon for Season 2.